Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I've got a little bit more on Brad. He has a great career, uh, but it's interrupted by World War II. He enlists in the Royal Australian Air Force, transfers to the army, but is relieved of duty being diagnosed with fibros- fibrositis. He's got, That's apparently he's got a bad, bad back, bad muscles. Makes sense. Played a lot of cricket and he's like kind of relieved of his duties. He's also in this army test. He got, uh, found out that he had poor eyesight. Just, wow. Hope for us all. Yeah. Was he echolocation to hit the ball? Um, so he he's kind of laying low during World War Two, but also kind of building up his uh, career in business while mm. like, the rest of the nation is uh, kind of fighting. How many people do you reckon intentionally but, uh, botched their eyesight test for an <laughs> excuse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, X- I also think P. Oh, damn! They didn't at let this me point in. as well. He's like the most, probably the most famous person in Australia, apart from the Prime Minister. So I think as well he would have been a bit of a protected yeah. species, sort of. Yeah, he's, he's in his, his Prince Harry. If we're fighting against China, China, Nick Kyrgios is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, war, war ends and suffering with injuries, he has one last dance. Age forty, he leads Australia to a final tour of England. So we've seen Invincibles before. Uh, Australia win test matches, uh, the Ashes series 5-0, Arsenal win a Premier League season unbeaten. This tour that he led were also invincible and the first one of its kind. But they weren't just, they didn't just play like five test matches. They played five test matches as well as 29 first class matches. How long did the tour go for? uh, It would have been a couple of months. Jace. They they have to still sail over there at that time, so yeah. like they kind of they're there for a bit. So they they don't lose all thirty four of their matches in England. Wow. Don averages eighty nine on the tour, and the, the English apparently they get round it. They love they're seeing they're farewelling the greatest of them all. Uh, so they're piling in, standing ovations all round, and. You know, still rationing post World War Two, so I think that the, the, seeing the Dons really lifting their their spirits, they're appreciating his swashbuckling style of play, 
even though it's against them. And his last test is at the Oval, and he, he needs four runs to average 100. It's a standing ovation, really tears in his eyes. First ball for defense. Next ball, a googly by a guy called Hollies, his surname, and goes straight through him, bold. He picks up his bat, walks off, crowd storms the field, kind of cheering him off, raising their hats. He's a jolly good fellow. And, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, that's, that's what they all say, <laughs> all those English folk. Agan finishes with an average of 99.94. Wow. Uh, hmm. Agonizingly close to perfection, basically. <laughs> and it was his 16th duck in his career, which is quite a lot. Yeah. But he apparently said, once you get to 30, you should never get out. So I think that's kind of how we, (laughs) once he got in, you weren't getting him out. Um, You can actually, there's footage of his last innings. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Um, Because it's always quite nebulous when commentators are like, oh, this person's got to start. That can mean 10. That can mean 90. Like it's so, such a, yeah. Mm. Okay, once, once you get 30, you should never get out. Let me let me just throw you the stats. Fifty-two tests, twenty-nine hundreds, average of ninety-nine point nine four, six sixes. Wow! wow. So twenty-nine hundreds is played fifty-two tests. All the modern greats kind of have played over a hundred. Twenty-nine hundreds, I believe, is more than Clark, Allen, Border, Warner, Warner. Because Smith only hit In, thirty quite recently, didn't he? Smith's on thirty-two. Yeah. So. There's only Smith, War, and Ponting above him, yeah. I believe. Undoubtedly, just the greatest cricketer of all time. People would make arguments. The bowlers were trash. And how come no one else even came close? Yeah. Um, like, if you're above average above 50, you're considered the cream of the crop in terms of cricketers. Well, before Smith had his kind of downward turn of form... Mm. They were talking about Smith being the best yeah. since Bradman, and yeah. he was averaging 60. And S- Smith maybe had like a 50 test period where he got 80% of the runs that Bradman yeah. has got. So like, I think Smith's probably the most comparable. Like, it's more centuries than Coley, I think. Yeah. Um, in test. And the average, so Smith's average is 58. And he's the highest of who have played a, a significant amount of test match. Adam Vogue's has got like 62. He's got, um, he played 20 test matches. Harry Brook is averaging like 63 at the moment. He's Harry played I love like 12 test matches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there's a, cu- the couple guys knocking around the 60 average, but Bradman finished with 99.94. And it begs the question to me is he has to be in the conversation for the greatest athlete slash sportsman. Of all time mm. in all sports. So, like, in comparison to other goats, the one who dominated their sport yeah. the most. It's an interesting conversation to have. What do you guys think? Well, football's still in debate. I think Messi, I, 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 I've, yeah. I've never seen beyond. Yeah. I, I never watched Pele, I never watched Maradona. Yeah. Consensus seems to be that like, Messi is mm. leading the debate for mm. the greatest, but it's still a debate. Yeah. Basketball. Most would say MJ, but LeBron is yeah. closing in. Is that right? I think, well, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It depends on if you. Yeah, he's not going to get to like there are a lot of the, the number and of championships. Yeah. I reckon yeah. LeBron could be up there for like mm. one of the greatest just athletes of all time in terms of 
physical yeah. longevity and yeah. uh, like staying at the highest level for that long. Interesting. But in terms of like pure sort of contribution to the game, Michael Jordan might be higher. Wayne they Gretzky, see, I know all, you've, yeah. you've spoken about. All uh, of a lot of the lists online have Jordan as number one, and I don't think he's I don't think he's there for me. It's just because he's marketable, right? Like yeah, he was that's, and that's I think that's what it is. It's his marketability and Babe Ruth. Yeah, Babe Ruth. I couldn't speak to baseball stats that much, but I don't think like Bradman is so far above the competition, mm. and there's no one in like basketball like a full, who a is fifty percent higher above. than the next yeah. best person. Wayne Gretzky's a good one as well. I c- can't really speak too much to the hockey stats, but I've heard he's also similar in how far above he is to comparison to stats. Um, Cameron Smith, Cam Smith <laughs> played a lot of games. Uh, but also like basketball, people said like Tom Brady when he's retired and I'm like, mate, get in yeah. the bin. It's, yeah, that uh, one's a bit silly. The NFL, like you only, it's only played in America. Cricket's the second biggest sport in the world. John Cena. Um, <laughs> so I think Brad would come conversation for me. But I also think Michael Phelps has 26 gold medals and no one, that's kind of double the amount of the second highest. So I thought, I used to think like, oh, I reckon he's probably a good shout for a while mm. as the greatest kind of sportsman. But also 40. swimming is like, I don't know. You can, you can kind of... <laughs> I'm intrigued to hear what he has to say here. <laughs> Grant Hackett. <laughs> Cody Simpson. You've got to go in different events. It's easy to win gold medals in swimming. Like, in, oh. like say, no, but you got Usain Bolt. Like it's very specific 100 meters, whereas swimming is somewhat transferable. To other swimming styles yeah it's not the press and i think phelps is definitely top three top five but then actually i've come to the conclusion i think it's just messy because oh, football's, <laughs> football's global world mm. sport and he is so, the sorry, best the, that's best to do af- that. like best sportsman of all time not i actually the person who dominated their sport the most i well Bradley's really yeah no it's more. it's yeah I, it's, it's a good like point you, and you don't need to i guess get too uh, like oh actually it's but like this but I just think uh, he's probably the guy mm. but because of how Bradman dominated the sport he's in the conversation and he's not really from Americans true they, yeah. yeah they they, which is usually the lynch yeah incredible career apparently not a good bloke um, <laughs> I don't know apparently one day he got like given a thousand pounds after a cricketing match at uh, in England and uh, just kept it to himself. Didn't put anything on the, the bar or anything. So that kind of rubbed people up the wrong way. Um, yeah, it was just good, good savings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's to <laughs> say? Physical I'd, discipline. Be, pound, that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like in today's. He'd be a yeah, just put on me. a little bar. T- like, come yeah. on, for the boys. No, fiscal discipline. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a great um, depression. He's got to go to the optometrist. <laughs> I imagine, I, I feel like we're being... Save up for the Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair. <laughs> Yeah, he'd be a dinner guest for me. But yeah, good player. Um, very good. We're going to talk about World Series cricket now. Like in the 1950s and 1960s, cricket's pretty boring. Nothing really happens. The first one-day international limited overs game is played in 1971. So previous to this, all the matches have been pretty much... Uh, all the international matches have been test matches, played over two innings and over a long time. And the ICC, the International Cricket Council, they respond to this. And, oh, sorry, I should say as well, the 1971 first one-day game is played because a test match is uh, delayed by rain. But they're like, oh, well, let's still kind of just do a limited overs game. What country 
was I think this was in Australia. Australia. This was in Melbourne. And, and that feature in How's That? No. Okay. It does not. So the ICC respond with the first World Cup in 1975 in England, which is won by the West Indies. And so that's a one-day World Cup? Yes, one-day World Cup, but they're wearing whites. Okay. So Just to confuse them. Yep. Yeah. Enter Kerry Packer. Mm, the K-Pack. The young head of Channel 9. He loves cricket. He wants to broadcast it on 9. And he offers a very generous offer eight times the amount of what it currently is to the Australian Cricket Board who are currently getting broadcasted through the ABC. And broadcasting at this stage is pretty... Like, you basically... They've got a camera like right behind... Um, just one camera behind and that's all you, that you can watch on TV. Was cricket dying in popularity? Uh, Was it losing attraction in Australia at all? So... This the, the World Cup's kind of come and it's got a bit of spark about it. It's I think cricket was pretty popular, but it also had its downfalls in that it was played during the week, during yeah. the day. So there was yeah, there were definitely would have been packed out games, but maybe few and far between. And yeah. also like state cricket would have been pretty popular, grade cricket would have been pretty popular for people to watch as well. Yeah. Um yeah, and these guys just would have played a lot of cricket. Crow Sharks are in mouse. That yeah. there's competition. Yeah, sports <laughs> like starting to get a bit, bit a uh, bit bigger, but it's still the players are still having to have jobs outside of sport. Yeah, in the seventies. Yeah, so players are also very underpaid at this time, and it's kind of reported that the ground staff were getting paid more than the cricketers around this time, which wow. is like, mm. they're the stars. They're the faint. They're the guys who are getting their names chanted and they're the ones bringing people in. So Packer, the, the cricket board don't like Packer. They don't want to do anything with him. So they reject this, this big TV money. Cause Packer, he just wants the, the cricket on his channel. That's all he wants. So he's like, he took matters into his own hands signing 35 of the world's best players to play for him in matches not regulated by the cricket board that would then be broadcast on Channel 9. So neither mm. ICC nor Cricket Australia is just playing for like Packer United or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's they why weren't they call it Pakistan. Wow. allowed to be... <laughs> yeah. I think that there was a few... <laughs> Oh my goodness. Chase. <laughs> yeah, there was, it was pretty crazy. And of course, uh, these guys that signed with him are just completely ostracized by. Mm. Yeah. Is um, it like it's, the, it's the live golf kind of thing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but you're, you're they're not getting, they, they have mm. to have jobs outside. So if they're like, like I can play cricket for my job now. Yeah. They're going to do that. Yeah. And. Yeah. What are some of the names in that first batch of 35? Uh, so G- Greg Chappell at the time is the crick- Australian cricket captain. Yeah. He signs. His brother, older brother Ian. Yep. Is, uh, he's retired, but Kerry gets Ian back to play. And he's like, I want Ian to be the captain, even though Greg's the current captain. He's retired. And Ian's like, oh, I don't know. My brother's a captain. Don't want to me- mess anything up. The Packers like... 
nah, you're the captain. It's not a democracy. <laughs> That's um, in How's That, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that was uh, Rod Marsh. Rod Marsh is the wicketkeeper. Because yeah, he couldn't um, see the ball. Yeah. That's what prompted the white ball? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like later on, they kind of introduced cricket under lights. So I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, so, you know, you got uh, David Hooks as well. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Lilly. Oh. Uh, Jeff Thompson, who I believe actually was originally signed, but then went back and kind of bailed on them to go back and play for the the well, what's regulated team. Yeah. Um. So it's a it's a wild time, and it's from all over the world. It's not just yeah. So you got Australia and West Indies, South Africa. South is apartheid going on in South Africa yeah. this time. So I think because of that, South Africa didn't actually have a team. So they were like, well, yeah, we're going to play. Um, Tony Gregg as well yeah. is uh, around, yeah, like a lot of good players. Um, and the West Indies player, that'd be a huge pulling yeah. card because they're like yeah. the, the icons. Yeah, West Indies probably are the, the, I mean, they won the World Cup two years ago. So you could say like they're, they're a good team. And in these tour matches, it's like Australia. They weren't, I don't know if they're actually allowed to be called Australia. They had to be called the Australians or something versus the quiet Australians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, versing the World 11. And like the World 11 was pretty good, like hard to beat. It's like FIFA. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> said like about then. I hate that. Yeah. This is a massive influence on the game. And Packer and the boards, they're at war. Mm. Um, and huge innovations come out. Obviously, uh, he's seen the one-day cricket is very marketable and they come up with the idea for night cricket. It's like just a basic idea, like cricket's being played during the day. More people will be able to go if we start it later in the day and it goes into the night. Mm. So then we have, um, yeah, lights coming into grounds, cricket's being played under lights. And also, I'm sure that creates a problem because the ball is red it's hard to see uh so they change like to a pink ball but that's too embarrassing so they don't use that <laughs> so <laughs> the history of the pink test was delayed so because people were like no it's like can't use a pink ball but like they, they primary put, school they put, not, they put the west off. indies kit colors in pink so or like a salmon um and yellow cricket ball's good but that gets lost in the lights they use a white cricket ball. That's Bingo. good as well, but they're all wearing whites. Mm. So they lose it in the pads and it's not good on the TV. So they start wearing colours. Mm. I can't think it took a while. If you're thinking of how to make cricket marketable, mm. colours is like the first part of branding, right? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, that, maybe that's innovative in the 70s. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. That marketing maybe wasn't even really that much of a... True. The concept like yeah <laughs> like a little bit maybe i think it was just starting to come in yeah um yeah people then like it, it was a bit of a slow start but people eventually got around it thanks to good marketing um mm-hmm. and the, the iconic song come on ozzy come on that was a Kerry Packer invention, was it? That, um, well, his, his team, <laughs> his basically. Um, <laughs> in the studio. The Packers, like, bankroll in this whole thing. It's crazy, because this is, like, when Goff Whitlam's getting fired as well, and mm. Packer's attention on the biggest news story that's ever faced Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, guys, I want to start playing cricket thing. Yeah. After 17 months of this, uh, some solution was found. Um, all Packer wanted was the rights. He didn't want to run the game. 
and I don't know who gave in, but the boards gave him the rights and it kind of went back to, to normal. But it's a huge, huge influence on the game and even, I guess, sport becoming a product. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And I know like when I watched that, that TV miniseries, How's That, that was like something that was inspired. Like, oh man, I want to kind of study about sports business, which is why like at university I studied mm. sports management. Um, you were just, you just, after watching that, you're like, I won't be satisfied. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> was, I was inspired by how they were able to like evolve the game. Um, to bring mm. it to people and and now we have zing bales yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and they put a you put a bucket on your head you get a kfc bucket and you put it on your head <laughs> it's all carry back up. <laughs> eat the chicken with the bucket <laughs> um players no longer needed to have uh part-time jobs and cricket was on channel nine until recently yeah. Seven got the rights, which doesn't sit well with me. No, <laughs> nor um, nor me. Yeah. And like I'm as yeah, bigger critic of Channel Nine as anyone. <laughs> well, I feel but like it just feels right. 2020 cricket was off Channel Nine for quite a while, wasn't it? Like, yeah, is the Big Bash? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, was. Channel Nine never really cared about the Big no, Bash. No, Channel Ten had the Big Rash, but that was, which was also was felt that not, right. Like, was which that not <laughs> sort of such a key sort of? Like a microcosm of Kerry Packer's idea of cricket was T20. The, this is the Big Bash, right? Uh, not the Big Bash specifically, yeah, but that's no. so like representative in terms of the yeah the we'll, commercialization. We'll, yeah, I think yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll sorry talk about that. No, you're down. good. You're good. Um, Just following the timeline. So, so then, what was he? He was broadcasting international one days. Was that his big yeah. selling point? And at like, this of time? course, Test matches were still still around, but yeah, really kind of leaning into the. The one day is more and having more of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so T20, not a thing just yet. No, not okay. at all. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. at all. Um, when you were born, T20 wasn't a thing. Yeah. T20 International wasn't around in... in yeah. It also... T20 also has some... <laughs> T20 also has some interesting origin stories. But yeah, like you're kind of seeing this, this, this changing of the tide in, okay, how can we make this more suitable for advertisers... Um, and broadcasters. And I want to talk about an event in 1981 as well, the underarm ball. Mm. Yes. Are you familiar? I first encountered this on the TV show 20 to 1, where Bert Newton actually told me about this. Unbelievable. Where did it come in on 20 to 1? <laughs> Number one. As the biggest... They did the biggest cr- biggest cricketing scandals. So They had 20 of them. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, like, this is, this is basically my education on cricket. The ones that I remember great. was can't bat, can't bowl. Caught on the hot mop, where the guy got caught in the hot mop. Yeah. Uh, like, can't bowl, can't throw. Can't bowl, can't throw, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> Warning warny suspension. Yep, yep. Uh, there was oh, no, that's all I can remember. Um, yeah, sandpaper. Well, actually, well, sand, actually, yeah, don't well, think I'm going to talk <laughs> about sandpaper. But anyway, yeah, no need. So I want to talk about an event in 1981, uh, the underarm ball, February 1st, 1981, Australia versus New Zealand at a sold out MCG. Australia makes 235, decent score for the time. Can I also just very briefly add? Yep. Who was it? Kerry Packer or was it the New Zealand Cricket Board? that hired the designer for that New Zealand 
jersey. The brown one. That is horrific. Yeah, I think it was New Zealand. <laughs> um, Thank goodness they did the rebrand. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure on New Zealand's part in the uh, the World Series cricket, to be honest. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's a pretty horrific kit. So they make 235. New Zealand get to the last over, needing 15 to win with four wickets in hand. Um, Greg Chappell is now the captain. Ian's gone. He's uh, in the commentary box. Um, Greg Greg was a good player. There's another Chappell, isn't there? Yes, there is. There is. So Greg hands the ball to his younger brother, Trevor. Wow. Trevor Chapp. Trevor Chappell is bowling the last over. Greg Chappell is the captain. Ian Chappell's in the commentary box. Wow. Mum must be so proud. <laughs> New Zealand need 15 off six with four wickets in hand. Yeah. Richard Hadley is batting. Very, uh, one of the best New Zealand cricketers of now, all time. I got him and Ray Hadley mixed up for a long, mm. long time. Richard mm. Hadley's uh, from stick cricket fame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good bowler and good batter. Uh, first ball, Hadley hits for four. 11 off five. Next ball, Trevor gets him. Bold. 11 off 4. Ian Smith walks to the crease. Good commentator. Great commentator. Famous, of course, for his call on the 2019 World Cup where New Zealand lost by the barest of margins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been powering up for one hour and 20 minutes. To say that. Oh, by the barest of margins. <laughs> yeah, that would have been brutal for a New Zealand to commentate. There's footage of him in the commentary box, like hitting his head on the table. like Particularly because it's a, it's a New Zealander. Yeah. Winning runs against New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, um. unbelievable. Unbelievable game. So Ian Smith comes in, hits two twos. So where are we at now? Seven off two. Ian Smith gets bold. He's out. So six will tie the game. Yeah. A player by the name of... The number 10 comes out by Brian McKechnie, mm-hmm. who is a former All Black and a big fast bowler. Wow, I forgot before the professionalization of sports, mm. like you could do everything, you do the Jordan move. <laughs> Seven to win, six to tie. And he's a big unit. He's got levers. Yeah, but it's MCG, big ground, slow wicket. It's, you're not like, you, they're kind of, resigned to the fact they're going to lose this game but hey maybe we'll, he can hit a six on his first ball to get us a tie hmm. oh so and this was exactly the same situation for the New Zealand Australia game of the World Cup this year New Zealand needed seven off the last ball yes and I remember it was pretty close and no one no one made that parallel yeah. in the commentary box and Until I was really after. disappointed mm. yeah yeah good pick up and Greg Chappell approaches his younger brother, Trevor, and says, how are you bowling your underarms? Trevor responds, oh, I don't know. So Greg uh, informs the umpire that they're going to bowl underarm, which is at this stage still in the laws of the game. It's They've just changed in England, but it's not been embraced in Australia <laughs> just yet. Rod Marsh, the keeper, he's shaking his head, pleading them not to. Um, you can hear Ian in the commentary box, at the back of the commentary box, saying, no, Greg, no, you can't do that. <laughs> no, Marty, <laughs> no, this is so not right. <laughs> you can't do that. The, the batter Brian shaking his head. He thinks it's a joke. Chapel 
rolls the ball down the wicket on track to hit the stump. McKechnie blocks it and hurls his bat in disgust. I love that. There's not enough bat. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, so you were still allowed to roll the ball. Yeah. Wasn't a no ball. It was a legal delivery. (laughs) Like, yeah, you couldn't get wickets, but you could bog a team down. That's insane. But I want to draw more crazy. The, throw the Australians like, walk off the field to a chorus of boos. Is this in Australia or in New Zealand? This is in Melbourne. Yeah. Mm. Uh, not knowing what they've done. You know, you see old footage of like people flooding the field after the game. Yeah. Apparently, Greg Chappell didn't realise the enormity of the situation until a little girl came up to him and said, Why did you cheat? <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand players The New Zealand Prime Minister's on a plane and getting live commentary from the pilot over the intercom. And apparently he says after it's the most disgusting incident on the cricket field, an act of true cowardice. It was appropriate they were wearing yellow. Um meaning isn't it like old saying like ah you're yellow? It's like to be, <laughs> to be a coward, and it was all yellow. <laughs> Have you seen Back to the Future? It's like, oh yeah, I watched half of it. But yeah, <laughs> I would think that. Yeah, anyway. Um, um, yeah, the I, New Zealand guys are sitting in the dressing room in silence until someone throws a teacup against the wall. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. Yeah, more, um, more hurling. Yeah, more public hurling. Uh, it's because I remember after Sandpaper Gate mm. when Malcolm Turnbull is like leaving, like the like the RFS or whatever and calls a press conference at the RFS hmm. to like basically yeah, yeah. On Steve Smith and David Warner it was so yeah. unnecessary hmm. um, but yeah it, you know didn't de-escalate tensions at all yeah. just made Australia go even more in my mind out of proportion for what the crime was um, yeah this is pretty bad though so yellow comes from this expression yellow <laughs> like yellow bellied which is to do with some birds apparently okay and it just means like cowardly. Yeah, okay. of course, of course. Uh, Richie Benno signs off from the game saying, I'll do I'll do an impression. One of the worst things I've ever seen done on a cricket field. Yeah, respect, Good night. Respect. That's, um, <laughs> Such a crazy... Did we deep fake that or was that... Um, <laughs> Such a... Like, it's... Like, I could sort it... Like, there, if you're two runs or something, mm. I can mm. sort of see the vision, right? <laughs> yeah. Six runs is... To a, to a tie, not to It was wins. like, it was to not going to happen. Yeah, like, but then to... And to kind of spoil everyone of that moment of that, maybe it could happen. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, as an Australian watching, it's like, even if it does miraculously happen, you still haven't lost yet, you know? No, you get yeah. to tie. <laughs> That's um, what super over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's look at Greg's perspective... <laughs> um, I feel, also I feel bad for Trevor as well I think he's just Is he a bit of a, the Cameron Bancroft of this yeah, situation? He's just following his brother's orders His captain um, Yeah mm. uh, Mum wouldn't be his, so proud yeah, no, <laughs> After that one So they play a lot of cricket It's been a long summer He scored 90 with the bat And bowled 10 overs Who's this? Sorry? Greg Greg And his captain Yeah, bowl, bowls himself Captain <laughs> He's tired. Hmm. And we all make bad decisions when we're exhausted. <laughs> Sorry, is this his excuse? Is this... Or is this you? This is what he says. This yeah, is what okay. he's kind of... That's where Scobo got it from. It's hot. It's very hot as well. Mm. Um, 
It's hot. It's not the it's not the autumn of cricket now, is it? <laughs> I think I don't. There's maybe an idea that it was some sort of protest that they're playing too much cricket. The conditions aren't great. That is a very um, good retrospective. Into, uh, I was actually yeah, yeah, <laughs> fighting yeah. the good fight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think as well. Um, also, uh, if there was a draw, there was no super over, they might have had to replay the game again and he didn't want to play again. <laughs> that, okay, that, that's, that's the one I most understand. <laughs> Which I think, I, could, I think that was probably what was maybe going through his head. Like, I just don't want there to be a draw. Yeah. Um, I did bring an end to a but it, ball game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't throw stones in. But it all happens... Yeah, speaking of unethical conclusions yeah. to sports games. <laughs> it all happens so quickly. It's a snap decision under exhaustion. Did not think through the consequences, perhaps. And it was in within the laws of the game. Uh. But this is very unsportsmanlike. And it caused a bit of a stir. Mm. Uh yeah, and it was a controversy probably not matched until Sandpaper or the Johnny Bairstow stumping where mm. that was maybe, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of people have questioned whether that was on the lines of spirit of the game, but this this underarm ball is, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty mm. bad. <laughs> anyway, any questions about underarm? <laughs> no, it's... um. But cricket, back to its roots there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that, that, that'd be my defence if I was going to Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a purist. My father would tell me about <laughs> it's what it's yeah. the days of under uh, Who was the Prime Minister at the time then, 81? Was Malcolm that Fraser. Fraser, yeah. So he's also saying it's a it's an act that was not in the the spirit of the game. Mm. Um, yeah. As a quick side note, we've, I think we've downgraded on our cricketing credentials in our prime ministers i know albo's done a bit of commentary yeah yeah but like obviously scomo has very few cricket credentials so we've gone for no. two rugby league prime ministers yeah whereas john howard literally when he retired there was talk of him yeah. running for icc president <laughs> that <Yeah>. like <laughs> there's horrible footage of him bowling the um, yeah, pakistan yeah five maybe he has arthritis so <laughs> i mean yeah i think we can forgive a 73 year old there's some him. good footage of kevin rudd batting he's got good hand eye remember a great cricketer interviewed kevin rudd I haven't listened to that. I didn't even yeah. listen to that. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we went from a pretty rich tradition. I think the only non-cricketer in those days was Keating. I don't think Keating had any cricketing credentials. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I'm not saying is. Yeah. Stop fighting for the Rabbitohs, man. <laughs> so, 80s, West Indies are good. 90s, Australia start to have a pretty good era. Tendulkar starts knocking about in India, debuts when he's 16. Um Sport is starting to evolve to this very profitable, high revenue driven business um, due to sponsorship and broadcast rights. And a new format is introduced in the two vi- 2000s that kind of changes and is changing everything. Uh, T20. I remember this was coming in right as my cricketing conscious, mm. conscious yeah, consciousness was emerging. Yeah. Where, yeah, basically, like, my, my mate, who was two years younger than me at the time, we're doing backyard cricket at a you know, gathering. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm going 2020. I'm like, what are you talking about here? All I know is, I know 20 to 1. I know yeah. 20 questions. What's 2020? <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts, starts slogging. So, it's the brainchild of an English cricket board marketing exec. Who- I mean... 
Go ahead. Oh, I mean, uh, in terms of the levels of genius, Packer <laughs> compared to why don't we do that again? But have it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. all it's going to take is someone to do fast fives or whatever. Yeah. It's the same principles, right? It goes for too long. It happens when people are doing other stuff. How can we actually get people engaged with this more? Um, crowds are dropping. Uh, it's also seen as a as a sport for older people. Which is a pretty mm. common problem along among a lot of sports at the moment, where mm. the average age of their supporters is above fifty, and they're constantly rising. Um, Formula One's a good case of that, where they've actually dropped their um, age to in the thirties due to mm. like drive to drive survive and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so cricket's kind of seen as this something for older people, mm. and it happens when you're too busy. Is it was it on the decline in Australia, considering how good the Australian team was yeah. at the turn of the century? Because I know the England team yeah, was, I, was in a pretty terrible state, really into the 05 Ashes. Yeah. I can't speak to... I feel like cricket was in a pretty good period in Australia in that mm. 90s, kind of early 2000s. Yeah. They pro- they In the 90s, it was pretty peak and you were getting a big crowd to like state games and maybe that was just starting to decline. Yeah. But... I mean, like, yeah. the, like state cricket was insane. Like the fact that Brad Hodge had a few yeah. tests, like yeah. first class cricket in Australia was unreal at that yeah. point. Yeah, and like the one day competition was popular. Yeah. Popular to watch. Uh, so the idea was that the one day games, the first 15 overs are good when there's fielding restrictions and the last five overs are good when uh, people are just trying to get runs like crazy. But in between that, it's just boring as because you're just hitting singles every time. Uh, there's no risk. You're just trying to consolidate that last five overs. So the idea was just let's just get rid of that middle. And that makes mm. that makes more sense than just halving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so the first, so it's introduced in England uh, in 2003, and like as a as a county championship, and it's successful. It goes well. And the first international T20 is played in 2005 at Eden Park in Auckland between Australia and New Zealand in front of uh, a full house. And it's taken as a bit of a joke, really. The New yeah. Zealand are wearing those old retro kits. There's fake wigs, moustaches, fake moustaches. From the players? Um, yes. Because I remember on the back, they would have like their nicknames. Like you have like Pup and Punter and all that. Yeah. On the back of the show. Um, like Andrew John's got a cameo in the New South Wales 2020. In the Big Bash, yeah. But that's the kind of vibe, right, that you're getting in these early T20s. So this match against New Zealand, Ponting gets 98 off 55. And uh, New Zealand don't come close. They need 40 off the last ball. What does Glenn McGrath do? He underarm bumps. <laughs> <laughs> and he's given a red card. <laughs> oh, that's cricket. Um, yes, yeah, so that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the beginnings of T20. And in T20, in 2007, sorry, the first T20 World Cup is played. And India, up until that World Cup, have not have been holding off. They don't really like it. They're not around it at this stage. But leagues and franchises are starting to pop up in Australia, South Africa, these ideas of T20 leagues. So after India, they win the first T20 World Cup. I remember reading, I've read Gilchrist's autobiography, True Colours, Great Red. Hmm. And he said he could observe how it was like, none of us took that World Cup seriously at all. Yeah. 
Because um, I had the 50 over World Cup in the same year, right? So all the attention was on the 50 over World yeah, Cup. Yeah, would have been. In, in it the West been. Indies. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah. And then, but India, the Indian crowds went crazy and that kind of spawned an Indian consciousness. India wanted to win and they beat Pakistan as well, which oh. was something I don't, I think they might've had a bit of a drought against Pakistan at the time. Um, so on the back of that World Cup in 2008, the IPL starts mm. Indian Premier League. Um, these franchises are created from in Indian cities and they're privately owned and they have deep pockets and they the players get put to auction and you know if they, they've got big egos as well so there's potential for those players to earn a lot of money in these auctions which they do so I, I the numbers at the time like Shane Warne gets involved Gilchrist um, they're kind of all retired at this stage but they come back for this first IPL mm. and I'm not sure sure about the earning numbers now but if you think now like it's two months work and the best players are earning upwards of three million two million dollars for two months Mm. um which is a rugby league contract for the best player for like four years yeah um, or an average player for four years sucks to have retired in 2007 (laughs) exactly so there's a bit of yeah and you could you can see a bit of that bitterness in former players now um the lowest paid is you could go in for thirty six thousand dollars, which is like not bad for for two months. Mm. Two months of playing cricket, um, yeah. And the IPL is, uh, yeah, it's a beast. It's a beast. Uh, the rights for the IPL were sold last year in twenty twenty two. They were sold for five years for six over six billion US dollars. Um, that's the GDP of like the bottom yep. 100 nations. <laughs> this deal puts the IPL with a more value per game, um, a game value of $13 million per game, which is higher than the Premier League per game. Wow. It's the second really? highest in the world, only behind the NFL. Wow. Whoa. So cricket is big. Hmm. Um, and... Because of this, it's changing. Uh, you know, even think of like Coley's got, he's like the 16th most followed Instagram account in the world, like more mm. than Neymar, LeBron James, Miley Cyrus. Um, and these broadcast deals and franchises are, are trying to be replicated in other cricketing nations. And these IPL owners are even purchasing. Uh, franchises in other countries they've done that in south africa their t20 comp has now become privately owned and it's also happened now in they're trying to break into the u.s market with major mm. league cricket they've all got connections to the big ipl teams the mumbai indians the chennai super kings the kolkata knight riders and also these ipl contracts even though it's only two months worth work they're worth more than the central contracts provided by the states Mm. and by the nations so you've also got players rejecting to have uh, state contracts and even national team contracts so that they have the freedom to pick up lucrative t20 contracts Mm. because which has happened a lot in the west indies yeah. yeah. Well, it, the IPL, that's the only franchise that stops the international 
like cricketing calendar. Does like um yeah, like they've got kind of games on the fringes of it, but it's kind of a well players are going to play do that. Uh, yeah. And they're mm-hmm. going to and the the cricket boards have had to work around the the IPL schedule even though it's the BCCI Indian control uh, the Indian cricket board run this they also just don't really have much control because of the power that these franchise owners have yeah um, and the money that they have so they're the, the owners are the ones getting the money not so much the the cricketing board yeah and yeah you've got I mean uh, a, a couple Australian players have rejected having state contracts. So Which, that what sort of players? Uh, Tim David, yeah, Daniel Sams, um, maybe others. Uh, Trent Bolt in New Zealand rejected a New Zealand contract. Countless players in the West Indies. Kyron Pollard did it a while ago. Yeah, but now like the, you've got like five, six West Indies players who their contracts just aren't worth as much. Um, Cricket Australia contracts were also always only one years. Now they're starting to do multiple year contracts. Uh, Marnus recently got a multiple year contract. So did Cummins. Mm. And the way that it's going and the money that's happening, what could potentially happen is at the, at the moment, international cricket is uh, the, the peak of the game, the premier kind of event of the game which is really cool because in all the other sports like you've got clubs and international mm. goes around that but what could happen now is franchise cricket gets more popular and it could go the other way where international cricket then has to be played in windows like like football yeah rather than what's happened at the moment where the, like international cricket's the be all and end all mm. and that's the pop, top of the game but the amount of money money that's knocking about in T20 cricket is um, just kind of too much. Because, like, yeah. Can you imagine someone just first saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Kolkata Knight Riders fan. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> that's just absurd. Yeah. And, like, you could see it going that way and that it's, it's worth valuable, so they're just going to try and make it longer and longer. Yeah. And it'll be like, like the NBA or NFL. And players have started to become contracted to franchises. So like Jofra Archer, he plays for the Mumbai Indians affiliated team in South Africa and America and India. Um, It's interesting though that Indian players never play in any other leagues. They only play in the IPL Um, and they haven't won a T20 World Cup. Is that... And since 2007. Is is that a Um, mandate from the... Indian yeah, I believe so. Is that to like make their league stronger? So it's like the it make it's more, the IPL is yeah. more of a draw card. I think so. If it's the only one that has Indian players in I it. I think so. Yeah, and that's kind of like tariffing in cricketing terms. <laughs> yeah, and their so their salary cap at the moment is eighteen million, which, but considering the deal is worth six billion, you're like, okay, well that's, that's the players are almost getting stiff there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you could see that going only up more. And uh, like other leagues having to catch up. So the Big Bash is not privately owned. It's run by Cricket Australia. They've had to increase, they've increased their salary cap from 2 million to 3 million, which is a huge increase just over one period so of time. Are we going to be having like the nationalization debate over the Big Bash, like yeah. the cricketing leagues? Like, Genuinely, it's, you. I, what, they, 
So it'll I, be more valuable if they accept private ownership and that one day that carrot's going to get too big. The issue, I guess, the private ownership, more money, but the issue is uh, you have you don't necessarily are striving for the betterment of the game, even though maybe Cricket Australia haven't always had that the so, game's best interest at heart. Such a great microcosm of the nationalisation versus privatisation debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just look at the big bash. <laughs> big bash. I mean, like a, a lot of Labor people are like, only privatise, um, mm. nationalise essential services, privatise non-essential services. Mm. Essential service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it nationalised if you ask me. Yeah. Oh. But this is, and this is something like, that's happening across a lot of sport, um, I guess, in terms of it just becoming purely maybe about as a product and money. Um, think of the Super League, Saudi investment mm. in, in golf, LIV golf, and the money that's Saudi in football as well, the money that's knocking about there, like, and the, the value of cricket, it's not going to be long until they've got their hands in there as well and a Saudi cricket league will pop up. Um, just give just because of the amount of money that's going around. Um, So it's interesting times ahead for the sport of cricket. And it's, I dare say it'll look a lot different um, in five years time to what we know it is now. And it's already kind of happening. Well, India, like the, Mm. like Indian awakening in the last 15 years, whatever has come hand in hand with their development as a nation. Yeah. So like they're what, like running like two decades behind China in terms of its, huge explosion in um in wealth and so as we see india continue to become a developed nation it's going to only further harness a bigger proportion of their 1.6 billion people who now don't have to make the decision of you know Mm. basically i would never even entertain playing cricket for any hours of my week because i'm so focused on (laughs) just putting food on the table as there's more free time that can be devoted to leisure that's only going to make like your talent pool is only going to massively increase hmm. if you've got 1.6 billion people to draw upon. Yeah. That could that be our last world cup win for a long, long time or potentially <laughs> ever. Could it be the last world cup? Um, <laughs> what really? I think I think 2027 is locked in, but like the, this one day format is um, outside of world cups. It's, it's dead. There's no context. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's wow. not really and test cricket um, you're going to see test cricket only played by Australia England and India because it just costs too much it costs money and it costs too much money for these other nations and the pie of cricket and the money the way it's distributed is so much in India which makes it, it like kind of makes sense but also I don't know how should the boards be trying to think of how they can boost countries up we've seen like the horrible demise of west indies cricket from being Mm. best team in the world to not making the world cup and um but then also like t20 is just where it's at you've got teams in t20 who can bat above their weight and get wins and be competitive in games to give because the nature of the game is much more uh i don't know the word it's it's not less skill based but you can kind of Skills are less tested over a shorter yeah, period yeah. of time. Um, yeah, but you can flick a twenty twenty. Like if you get one yeah. big shot out cheaply. Yeah. Whereas yeah, in a test match. Yeah, that's um, that is really interesting. Mm. Watch this space. Uh, 
cricket is in the 2028 Olympics at LA. Really? Um, yep. How did I miss that? Yeah. But uh, Olympics probably needs cricket more than cricket needs the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> um, given given the, the popularity of yeah. the sport. Um, uh, cricket has been in the Olympics before, 1900. Do you know, uh, can you guess who won the won the medals? Uh, 1900 Olympics was in Paris Australia England Mm. South Africa so Netherlands uh, only two teams competed (laughs) Uh, Netherlands and Belgium pulled out I was thinking like when he said said Paris I was like that's Uh, something so Great Britain won the gold and France picked up the silver (laughs) wait what so Netherlands and Belgium were originally in it but they pulled out and uh yeah, Great Britain picked up gold. So cricket's back and hopefully Australia can pick up gold. Wow. Mm. It, the for, What's the format going to be? 2020. 2020. Yep, yep. In LA. Wow. <laughs> we should go. <laughs> I'm up for it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that's pretty much all i got to say. Ben, what do you think? I've, I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot about the sport we love. Yeah. I went on for a bit. Did I hear we were, stay, we were staying clear of Sandpaper Gate? Uh, I feel yeah. like enough ink has been yeah. spilt on Sandpaper Gate. Uh, yeah, so. we you could it happened. Maybe in the future we could delve into that more because you do you want to do it properly in the build up. Yeah, to how it happens maybe, and I just yeah no next Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and it has been yeah it has yeah. been talked a bit about yeah but, um, cricket also a, a real trailblazer in women's sport. I think the IPL women's deal went for like ninety five million, which is a significant amount. You've got. Uh, women's cricketers picking up WIPL deals of hundreds of thousands of um, dollars, which still, of course, behind the men's, but like um, far ahead of most other sports, I'd dare say. Yeah, apart yeah. from tennis, really. Tennis, yeah, maybe like football's getting there, but yeah, um, yeah, like the cricketers are the women cricketers are starting to become fully fledged professionals. Hmm. Do you think the twenty twenty three Ashes? That's the last. That's that's test cricket will never be better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Did it say? Yeah, did it save? Test will cricket? it happen again? Yeah. Well, that's what that's the whole England thing at the moment, right? Basball is uh, saving test cricket, which I mean, it's been good. Um, uh, one more cricket question. Yep. Do you think Imran Khan should be released from prison? <laughs> <laughs> so Imran Khan, correct me if I'm wrong. Great cricket player, um, and then a bit of a hero in Pakistan somehow became the Pakistan prime minister. Correct. And I don't know why he's in prison. <laughs> now, but I know he was a popular prime minister at the time. Uh, free. What was it? Free Imran Khan. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it, was, it, it was a struggle between him and the, and the Pakistani army. Um, I'd probably fall on the side of pro Imran Khan. Um, but that's a topic for another day. If you haven't put a target on our back here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow thanks for listening I don't like cricket I love it Um, (laughs) and yeah let us know if you want more sports episodes I don't know if there's a sport as quirky as cricket Mm. but maybe we can maybe we can have more sports business discussions yeah bocce (laughs) (laughs) I think this two parter will sandwich boxing the boxing day test brilliant Mm, so yeah enjoy the summer enjoy the summer summer. and don't blush baby Merry Christmas (laughs)